Hey guys, does capitalism have you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Then we invite you to be a part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things. Welcome to episode 57 of the Very Unimportant People podcast. Do less. I'm your host, Courtney, and this week I found out that I may have been accidentally shit-talking somebody directly to their face. Oh! <laughs> oh! Well, you know what they say about shit-talk. Don't say it unless you'll say it to their face. <laughs> yeah, no, that is super awkward, though. <laughs> and my name is Lydia, and this week um, I made a Seinfeld reference in class, and it went over pretty well. <laughs> Oh, I just have a fun little anecdote. Yeah, tell us about it. What happened? So basically, uh, my professor was talking about storytelling, and she mm. was talking about uh, the elements of a good story and how there's this like thing called the fabia or something like that. I don't remember what the oh. word is. It's like German or something. And then she was talking about the plot and how the fabia is the timeline that the plot happens within, and they are not the same. The plot is a sequence of events, but the fabia okay. is the timeline that pushes the story forward. So, for example, mm. um, oh my god, I just realized that that's not at all what my reference was about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're going to have to tell me anyways. So she used Seinfeld I'm in that. So, okay, so now that I realize, <laughs> we actually talked about Seinfeld twice in class today. Oh. <laughs> the first time was when we were talking about the fabia. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that word is correct. I totally forget. Sorry, everybody. And um, they were talking about how the fabia of Seinfeld is that jokes come back around and get referenced in later uh, episodes. Like callbacks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Recall. And how like kind of plots happen because something in time happened before or mm. like just waiting for something like the Chinese restaurant, the classic episode where they're waiting in the Chinese restaurant. Like that's kind of a time thing. And, like, the plot is what's happening inside. But the time is happening outside of the plot. And that's how okay. they chose to tell the story. It's really confusing. And she told us not to get bogged down in it. Because it doesn't really okay. matter that much. But she... yeah, I'm not going to get bogged down in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about I it. I felt myself getting dragged down trying to figure that out. But you know what? Moving on. Now that I said don't get Just bogged down Just accept the things that you don't know. Exactly. You're never going to know <laughs> That's anything. pretty much what she was saying. She's like, it's fine, guys. I, I have a PhD and I struggled with this for four years. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, oh. cool. So I can't explain it in a day. I really can't. And then um, I made the Seinfeld reference when we were talking about like um, meta narratives in the world and how we're like living in a meta narrative. So it's kind of hard to tear ourselves away from a meta narrative because we are literally in it. And one of the meta narratives that we live in is capitalism. And Ooh. like classic, right? Yeah. Like I was like, we're all versed in capitalism. <laughs> and she was talking about how the way that we get food is through the store or growing it ourselves. So if mm -hmm. we see someone dumpster diving or... <laughs> Um, picking food out of the garbage or picking up food that they found on the street or something like mm -hmm. that, we like perceive it as dirty. So one of the examples that came to mind was like when Krispy Kreme throws out all of the donuts from the day, they put it in a bag and they just throw them in the garbage. And people are like, we can't eat those anymore because they're in they're the garbage. In but they're clean donuts. Like they're yeah. in a bag. They're clean donuts. They're completely fine to eat. But when people for like a prank, for example, David Dobrik did this once on his YouTube channel. He went and like it was this whole bit where they like stole the Krispy Kreme donuts and they like went and picked it up and they were like, we have so much Krispy Kreme. And the audience was like, oh, my God, that's so alternative. That's so out there. That's so different because it's not the usual way 
of getting food, right? Mm-hmm. Because like in our heads, we're like, this is a weird way buy, of yeah. getting food. You have to buy yeah. or grow it yourself, right? Otherwise, Garbage it's seen dirty. as like yeah. dirty. Exactly. So my Seinfeld reference <laughs> was... <laughs> that in and she was like talking and talking and talking and she was like is there any questions and I was like in the middle of typing out my reference and then I didn't hear her say like is there any questions like I registered it but I didn't totally hear it and then she was going on a rant for a bit and I finally finished typing it out and I sent it and she like paused her entire lecture to read out my stupid little Seinfeld reference that wasn't relevant anymore (laughs) because it took me so long to type but basically it was the episode when George eats the eclair out of the garbage so there's like someone places an eclair on top of the garbage and it's like completely Mm -hmm. fine untouched and he picks it up out of the garbage and eats it and like the girl he's seeing sees him do that and she's so disgusted by him (laughs) and she tells everyone and throws him out of the party oh (laughs) no (laughs) i know i know because they're like disgusting you ate out of the garbage and he was like it was a perfectly fine eclair (laughs) and it was like this whole comedy thing and like it was funny because of the meta narrative that we live in where mm-hmm. like just because it's associated garbage with the garbage is yeah. it's not good. Even though the mm-hmm. eclair was perfectly fine. It was perfectly clean. And that's what George was trying to say. But he's also like this character. So the other meta narrative was like the comedy and the character and like everything, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I made a Seinfeld reference in class and it went over pretty well. She was like, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hold the applause. Hold Thank the applause. you. Thank you, Seinfeld. Thank you. <laughs> Seinfeld is so relevant to so many things. Apparently. It's insane. <laughs> Are you rewatching it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I ha- didn't actually finish watching it yet. So I took a break for a really long time. And uh-huh. now I'm starting to get back into it again. Fair it's enough. just kind of, yeah, it's just kind of background. It just kind of happens. <laughs> it's good, Do you like Seinfeld or Friends more? I feel like there's like a huge like uh, debate. Which I bit? know. I know. And honestly, like they're both just meh to me i don't care for either like i can't really put one I'm glad you over say the that other because i don't really like seinfeld that much and like right i didn't want to have an argument about it but i, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like seinfeld. yeah i just hate it when people like i totally get what you mean because i don't like it when people try to put seinfeld over top of all other tv like i had this argument with one of my friends before where we were talking about community have you seen community with like donald glover mm-hmm. and like yeah i haven't watched stuff. the whole thing but i've seen Enough all that matters is that you've seen episode or season like what one to three maybe and then like four and five are are irrelevant as we know so <laughs> they were like seinfeld is better than community and i was like that's not true that's literally just not true no just because but it's old doesn't mean it's better that's what it is people are like so people obsessed like with the fact it's that it's old. like old TV it's like a pick me thing yeah. and it's like cutting edge and it's, it's like not, it was it's so not anymore weird for comedy at the time to do the things that seinfeld was doing i'm like well yeah but it's not that it? not anymore it was cool at that time it was cutting edge but it's not cutting edge anymore yeah because exactly. there's a new edge we've expanded new the edge, edge. cut <laughs> so it's not that great anymore yeah and it's like it's it's fine it's just okay like it's well written it's fine it's it's just fine you know yeah, and same with friends it's, it's just fine it's just they fine. have some funny moments just like seinfeld has some funny moments but overall like comedy has changed so much that i some of the jokes i'm like they'll never be what the on. office is you know <laughs> they can try all they want but they'll never they'll never achieve that <laughs> right right the office yeah 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 it does okay, kind we of we don't have to get into that but it's pretty good superior <laughs> anyway, <it's great. laughs> it is superior i feel like a lot of shows are superior to seinfeld like no offense yeah. to seinfeld but you're not that cool not anymore sorry and i'm sure jerry seinfeld doesn't have he probably agrees he's like we're not yeah, the best thing on the like fucking market anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> outdated 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is a pick me thing. I kind of agree with you. <laughs> like, shut up. You like old things. Anyways, speaking of old things. <laughs> what? Uh, that was a bad segue. Sorry, guys. That did not make any sense. <laughs> speaking of old things. <laughs> Anyways, this week, I'll segue myself. This Thank week, you. I... <laughs> Um, realized that I have most likely been, um, shit-talking somebody possibly directly to their face virtually. I will not disclose the location or (laughs) my relationship to this person (laughs) because I don't want them to hear about it in case they didn't hear me trash-talking them. But Mm. basically, um, in some area of my life, sometimes (laughs) I have to share my screen with people and we use this, like, special program um and so i've done it in the past and i've always been a little bit weird about it and like mm, maybe they can hear me maybe they can't and then i decided no they can't hear me that's stupid people yeah. shouldn't be able to hear you like we weren't on a video call i was just sharing the screen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um i've been in instances where i've had to share the screen where i've been angry with the person who i've been sharing <laughs> the screen with and said maybe some out of line stuff about them just mm-hmm. in anger right out of line but also appropriate <laughs> on line, but also right on the stupid. line. <laughs> um, Directly and, on the line. Yeah, I thought they couldn't hear me, but this week I was on the phone with somebody while I was sharing the screen, and she was like, "Whoop, should turn this <laughs> off in case it echoes." Ooh, and I was like, <gasps> "What do you mean? No, <laughs> what no, do you mean in case it no, echoes?" No, no, no. So that's when I learned there is a feature to hear the audio. Now, what I don't know is if the person <laughs> who I said maybe some angry stuff about could hear me while I was doing that if that oh god was enabled while they were doing it um right and you have some some clues that maybe tell you that I they didn't hear anything they might maybe, they might have they might not have but they might have they might not have at but. least now they know where they stand that's 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 what I'm walking out of it with if they did right. hear me they they heard me Mm-hmm. You know, I am hurt. You have the power. They understood the that I was that that I was angry about yeah. certain situations and certain goings on, and that you can't just walk all over me. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to make myself feel better about a really uncomfortable even though it was situation. behind their backs. <laughs> so yeah, I spent a day stressing about that oh, a lot. That's so bad, bro. I totally get it. I would be so mm-hmm. stressed out about that too. Oh my god. Oh my god. <sighs> it's okay. It's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. your relationship with that person has not been ruined no. you've been in contact after that yeah and, and this was not at work if anyone good. from work is listening this was not at work no no it wasn't it wasn't it was in another aspect of thing. life yeah many layers to me yeah she has so many aspects to her life <laughs> i've got so much going on you have no idea don't even <laughs> don't even assume <laughs> you think that it's about all you, you have not. is work it's, it's not. honestly rude <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> anyways 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 <laughs> all right on yes on that uh note i'm gonna get into my opinion little warning to everybody in the audience today it from our brief discussion before we started recording the podcast it kind of sounds like this might be a depressing episode <laughs> so yeah just letting you know and specifically <laughs> in my section i yeah. talk about death and unaliving yourself a little bit. So mm. just forewarning, if you need to skip ahead to Lydia's part, please do. Mm-hmm. Mine's a little less about death. Like a lot mm. less about death. It's about <laughs> Like no death. 
pretty much no death at all actually yeah okay <laughs> death okay, so focused on death <laughs> uh, yeah take that time skip ahead if you need to <clears throat> no worries right. <laughs> we'll see you next week so on that note i'm gonna be talking about uh euthanasia today <laughs> Youth in okay. Asia? You, you no. What part of Asia? <laughs> Youth in Asia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't like you. Um. So basically, I was thinking this week about. I've had a lot of videos pop up on my TikTok newsfeed about people like putting their pets down. Oh. And I pretty much cry oh. on a bi-weekly basis watching TikToks yeah. about people putting their cats down because like the thought to me is so sad, you know? Yeah. And then it got me thinking about like how weird it is that like as a society we've embraced euthanizing pets as like a humane thing to do. But mm-hmm. the idea of euthanizing humans is like really uncomfy and like, it's, like considered unethical. Yeah, it's like a taboo subject. And this has like always bugged me because humans can provide consent and express the desire to be euthanized whereas oh. pets can't and we just do it for pets but like when humans are like i would like to die oh we're like God. no that's you so cannot sad. die <laughs> i'm sorry that's, i'm sorry no yeah that's sorry that's true that's so sad like you have no idea maybe your pet wants to just like die of natural causes but you can't ask it that yeah yeah and like this opinion necessarily like isn't against euthanizing pets it's mm-hmm. more for euthanizing humans. Great. Let's go. <laughs> um, first of all, the word euthanasia actually means good death. That's it what it can does? be translated to be. It means good death. And like, oh. that's why we do it to animals, because it's considered like the end of suffering. It's considered yeah. a humane way to end an animal's life, which I really like. And um, in 2016, PAS, which is Physician Assisted Suicide, I'll say PAS throughout this whole thing because it's far too long to say. Yeah. Um, so PAS was legalized in Canada in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and in most cases, it's performed for terminally ill patients and yeah. they end their own life through the administration of um, lethal drugs. And sometimes it's done like the doctor will do it or sometimes the doctor will just prescribe the lethal drug and then you can oh. do it like at home if you want like oh in your bed with your loved ones or you can get someone else to do it. It's kind of mm-hmm. up to you, which is cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I kind of remember yeah. around that time that happening and there was like so much shit going on like with people being like that's so fucked up like i can't believe you could do that and then like on the other side people were like yeah but it's really really hard and you have to get the signature of like yeah four physicians and the government or something like that yeah and overall, it's legalized process. in canada but it's re- not very accessible to most people i see i see you have to be literally like dying tomorrow <laughs> essentially to be approved like it's really hard to get approved for physician assisted suicide and that's the other thing that's really confused me too is like you can't actually stop somebody from killing themselves like everyone as depressing as this is everyone at all times has the authority to end their own life like they can just decide like hey i don't want to do this anymore and you might as well like provide somebody a good way to do that if they've decided that yeah due to Terminal illness. I'm not, we're not, I'm not talking about mental illness in this case. We're talking oh, yeah. only about physical illnesses. Just yeah. a little caveat yeah, yeah, yeah. before it gets too dark. <laughs> we're not talking about, yeah. Anyways, anyways. So we're talking about terminal illnesses. Terminal where, illnesses. Yeah. Where people will not live. Um, 
And the majority of physicians are actually opposed to human euthanasia. They're and opposed to it? Opposed. They don't believe oh. in it. 69% to be specific. I think that's in the U.S. Um, uh, physicians hmm. are opposed to it. And the biggest argument against it is that uh, pain medication for humans is, like, good enough. So there's no reason for a patient to be in, like, a large enough pain to want to end their life. Okay. Um, therefore, sure. there's no reason that they should have the desire to die. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, there's there's a lot of things to kind of talk about there. <laughs> I think that pain maybe isn't the only thing. Like, physical yeah. pain isn't the only thing that there can are other a person things. want to not live anymore due to a terminal illness. Like, yes, quality of life. Yeah. Mobility. Yeah, yeah. Memory. There's a lot of other things that should go into it, not just pain. Yeah, um, that's a really reductive way to look at it. It's <laughs> kind of like looking at people as, like... I don't know. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> like I get there's, it, but I don't like it. There's also an opinion that physicians might incorrectly diagnose a, a terminal illness, which is possible. But there are lots of ways around this, and that is to get like second and third opinions, yeah, and fourth yeah. opinions. Like you can get a lot of people to sign off on it before it actually happens, you know. Yeah, and this also, like a lot of these risks, are also applicable to like veterinary and like animals mm -hmm. but they have found a way around it so i don't understand a lot of these <laughs> things because vets can also misdiagnose like a terminal illness yeah. in your pet but we oh, still trust dude. them enough to do it oh i have a quick side story about a bunny yeah. rabbit um, <laughs> <laughs> i know i know it's really fast so okay. basically um when i was in high school my friend my best friend was doing an internship at like a veterinary office and there oh, was I this bunny rabbit this. that came in yeah, yeah you probably do it was pretty traumatic <laughs> and the owners um could uh, do one of two things they could either find out if this bunny rabbit had this like brain tumor by doing a couple of tests and then treat for the brain tumor or they could euthanize it and the euthanasia euthanasia was cheaper by like mm. 50 bucks than doing yeah. all the tests and then having to care for the rabbit afterwards if it mm -hmm. did end up having it um so basically we were trying to like get this rabbit adopted because the chances were that it just had like a brain or like some sort of eye infection that could have been healed with some medicine but the owners like didn't want to like do the hassle of that and i guess they were just like done with owning the rabbit or something like that and we couldn't get anyone to adopt it i had cats at the time so i couldn't adopt it either and also mm -hmm. i didn't have the money really like yeah adults i feel You're like should have school. the money <laughs> i was in high school literally yeah. i was doing an internship too for free like <laughs> so yeah the bunny rabbit ended up getting put down Aww. because they didn't want to give it the proper care it was really sad and we were like, we felt responsible for that bunny's yeah. life. At the end of that, we were like, we could have done something. Like, and that's kind of like an argument that is sometimes brought up in like human euthanasia is that um, like finances might coerce somebody into ending their life sooner than they would have otherwise. Because oh. if somebody else is bearing like the brunt of their medical expenses, they yeah. might feel like guilty if they live too long. But there's also a really oh, simple way to solve so that sad. problem. America, I'm looking at you. And that's just <laughs> to make healthcare free. <laughs> that's Because so then you don't have that sad. concern. Their lives are literally just like... Just like... Money at that point. Yeah, an equation. Just, yeah. A financial equation, which it shouldn't be. So I also reject that point and say, America, just make your... Ed uh, not your education. Your healthcare free, please. <laughs> yeah, seriously. 
that's oh i never I looked know. at it from that perspective that's really sad uh some people say that it violates the physician's role as the healer which i guess fair enough but mm, okay yeah that I could be this. argued that like it's more humane but whatever whatever the hippocratic oath yeah. do no harm do everything you can to save lives makes sense they should have like a specific um department just for euthanasia so that like their hippocratic oath isn't to save lives do better it would be yeah or they could just like like, change the hippocratic oath because it maybe shouldn't always just be about prolonging a life but maybe about like improving the quality of someone's life or making sure that they're not suffering to end suffering because that could be curing the person and then if all else fails if they want to before they get in too much pain, then they can. <laughs> yeah. So maybe just like adjust maybe, our understanding of. I think that puts too much power into the physician's hands. This is though. one. Of, this is one of the other concerns: is that um, allowing for physician-assisted suicide might lead to people who don't want to die being killed. Dude, that's what I was thinking. Because if a physician decides in their head that, like, if someone has to get both of their legs amputated, for example. The physician could be like, no. Instead, I will see. But there is also such an easy way around this too, and like it's the way that it works now is that nobody else can make that call except for the person. Like you can only get physician-assisted suicide if you say, "I would like to explore the option of dying a little bit sooner." Like Mm -hmm. a doctor can't recommend it for you. It's just if okay. you say, hey, I want this, then they can be like, hmm, we can look at that. So, like, yeah. only at the request of the patient. Yeah, so, doctors smart. can't just be going around being like, oh, <laughs> nah. a little injection there, a little in there. <laughs> you haven't got too much longer, a little whoop, whoop, you know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, They also argue that we don't know enough about euthanasia and that we don't have enough experience with it and therefore we should not do it. Um, but this completely ignores veterinary sciences, and they've been doing it for a very long time. Yeah, ethically. they've been doing that. And also, um, don't prisons have, like, executions and stuff like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to take it down being... another dark route. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just uh, murder. Straight up. Straight up murder, not even assisted suicide, just straight up murder, yeah. and we're doing it there, so. And they're making sure that that person be dead, so like you clearly do have the science and you clearly do have the know-how there isn't like that's that's such a fucked up thing to say that they're like mm-hmm. no we actually uh, don't have the science to do this but they do it to human beings in prison that's i didn't okay. even think about that good good point thank you <laughs> we caught you there <laughs> got you there science <laughs> science All right. And there are a few things that um, might influence people to have more positive views towards euthanasia versus negative views. So the first one would be a person's health. Those who are usually worse than health have more positive views uh, towards Mm -hmm. euthanasia. Um, Something that's interesting is that in a lot of the studies that they did around um, terminally ill people and their feelings towards euthanasia, everyone expressed, all of the participants who were interested, expressed interest in the future tense. Uh, meaning that they don't want it now, but it's comforting them, to them to have the option that they can do it later. Oh, and what's even more interesting. interesting is that in the case of Oregon, who legalized it in 2008, yeah. um, they hardly saw an increase 
in any kinds of PAS. So hardly anyone took the option, even though it was legalized. So it was one in 800 deaths were a result of PAS, but one in 50 people discussed it as an option with their doctors. Damn. Which is interesting because it's like it just having the option provides people with comfort, but making it legal and like available doesn't necessarily lead more people to dying. Yeah, that's or using it. So yeah. Uh, also, people who are more educated are generally have more positive attitudes towards euthanasia. Don't ask mm-hmm. me why. Um, And then (laughs) this one is probably obvious, but religion is also a huge factor in it. People who are more religious uh, generally tend to have less positive views towards euthanasia. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a sin in Catholicism. Makes sense. Yep. You're straight up sinning. Life is a gift. No returns. Yeah, and that's why, like, a lot of people think that it's actually not um, accepted right now in human medicine is because of the fact that, like, our medical systems and our societies are built off of religious beliefs and specifically, like, Christian and Islamic beliefs and teachings Mm -hmm. um, have really strong opinions regarding murder and suicide. Um, Yeah. So that's probably why, even though, like, our medicine today is considered to be, like, secular science, um, our whole society was, like, still built upon catholic beliefs yeah yeah so there's a lot of that there's that and these religions like also kind of question the soul of an animal which also kind of can add to the fact that we're okay with it for animals but we're not okay with it for humans because they don't they're like "Mm, we don't we don't know if it matters for you (laughs) okay 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 Yeah, yeah that's fair and so, like, the biggest difference between human and animal science that would, like, make this all okay and even makes it better in the human um, case, in, especially in my opinion, is that, like, vets constantly have to worry about, like, euthanasia, when it's appropriate, when it's needed, how to monitor its use. There's, like, very ethical guidelines and stuff like that. But, like, in the case of humans, people can literally just ask for it. <laughs> yeah like there's nothing more to it like just just ask and that's totally. it we don't have to worry about like am i doing this too soon is it appropriate like is it the right thing ask. like is this animal suffering like you have no idea if animals are suffering like all you have is like physical cues and physical signs yeah. and you have to not only think about your own morals but like you almost have to think about animal morals too you know <laughs> like you have to consider yeah. the animal side as well but yeah you're right and humans they could just straight up be like it's over for me (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm done sorry (laughs) and it also seems like kind of strange and you picked up on this a little bit is that like um when it comes to animals we're really aware of quality of life like the concept of quality of life you know that's when most people make the decision to put their pet down is when they're like oh i don't think they're having a good quality of life anymore Mm -hmm. but for humans it's more like a competition of like who can keep you alive the longest like doctors oh. are very obsessed with just this like keeping someone alive no oh, matter yeah. how comfortable they are where like maybe that's not the way it should be maybe we need to like just shift the way that we view health it's crazy what medicine can do though like it's literally insane how long they can prolong people's lives and like no 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 yeah i agree with you like and that. it's like not to talk down medicine medicine is is good and like it does keep people alive for a very long time but like there does come a point where you may just be like prolonging someone's suffering and maybe they don't mm-hmm. wanna mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's true damn That's very interesting. I feel like there's a lot of people who, like, my grandfather was like this, where he was, Mm -hmm. he, like, 
he's passed away now and like he was really suffering like in the end of his life but he would never even like consider um like euthanasia like they brought it up to him once and he was like so so opposed to it and my aunts who were like his uh daughters were talking about how it was because of like his generation and how he was raised because that was like the generation of like the silent suffering like that's kind of what they said about him where it's like (laughs) men just suffer in silence and like you can get through like literally anything and like your pain is just like it just doesn't matter and like they were just like they he would just like not even consider it not even for religious reasons but just Mm -hmm. because that's how like that's how his view of the world was like that's how he was raised i guess and that's kind of what everyone else's view was for a while and like yeah he was just not even he like wouldn't even consider it he like like, got offended (laughs) very characteristic of that generation too especially with like mental health and stuff like that you see it a lot that they just like Mm -hmm. sometimes don't believe that mental health is a thing yeah and they're like oh but just don't be sad <laughs> like what do you mean don't oh, thank you why are you sad I'm, just I'm all bad turn that frown upside down have you thank tried you. beer beer fixes everything <laughs> oh no <laughs> a little bit dark um <laughs> and the american veterinary medical association guidelines for euthanasia of animals states that euthanasia may be considered to be the right course to spare an animal from what has from what is to come if medical intervention would only prolong a terminal condition or if current health conditions cannot be successfully mitigated. And I think that's yeah. just a really good definition that we can use to understand when euthanasia should be used. And I also think like another interesting like undertone to this whole discussion is like its correlation with abortion and abortion rights because at the Mm. end of the day they're both just discussions about like bodily autonomy and what you have the right to do with your own body but a lot of people are more comfortable with abortion than they are with the idea of euthanasia which i think is really interesting that like pro-choice people will be against legalizing euthanasia which Mm. seems a little contradictory to me yeah i guess that is interesting because it is just yeah. like your yeah it is it's just, just bodily autonomy with your body and like it's not anybody yeah, else it's just business. you having the right to decide what happens to your own body wow holy shit that's true hmm. so they still have a little bit of pro i don't know a little bit of lifiness backed up <laughs> in there. life in them yeah, <laughs> yeah. exposed <laughs> gotta squeeze that out guys <laughs> um and then finally of course i turned to quora Classic. just to hear what the people think about oh, euthanasia yeah. and somebody the posed the exact same question that i had which was like why are we okay with euthanizing animals but like euthanizing humans is like unthinkable to us mm-hmm. um and so a couple of themes that came up is that it comes from the belief that our own lives are the most important ones and that humans are the most important and the strongest species so that we don't care as much <sighs> about animals because yeah. we only care about humans i've yes i Which, i'm just sighing because i've heard this opinion like i i just can't i'm really tired of it because i've heard a lot of opposition that human beings have only been around for such a small amount of time the earth is a billions of years old we're not going to be here for very long and there's going to be human species shit. that's better basically humans ain't shit exactly yeah. but we see ourselves so highly and I we're like know. the best creation that's ever been invented ever and like yeah i'm just we uh. have ruined it pretty quickly so we're pretty stupid y'all <laughs> humans are pretty dumb 
um, another common theme that came up were the whole finances thing. Um, how if somebody else is paying for your medical care, you might feel pressured to potentially end your life sooner than you would otherwise. <sighs> Which yeah. should not be a reaction I to euthanasia. That. that should be a reaction to the healthcare system and how expensive it is for people. Oh, that's so sad. Like on your on your like you your be terminal illness and you just have to think about how people are going to be impacted by yeah. your expenses like even if you're not going to be around you obviously still want the best for everybody else who's going to continue to like live on and you don't want them to be in debt for 10 years and then like oh that's so sad and then their last memory of you is completely tainted by the fact that they have to keep paying your medical bills for like so so long long. and like even if they've moved on and their grief is over and they're ready to continue they still have to send that two thousand dollars a month like yeah that kills me that really breaks my heart there is there yeah there's a little bit something wrong there so that shouldn't be a point against euthanasia that should be a point against um privatized health care (laughs) and one person said it's because humans are hypocrites Fair <laughs> um, they said we give some, we give some animals euthanasia so we euthanize some animals but then murder the others is what they said and Good this point. is a point that i never thought of and they were talking about how like on like meat farms like dairy farms like beef mm. farms and stuff like that they will kill an animal for the meat but then if the animal gets sick they'll euthanize it uh <laughs> it's like what so you believe in like a dignified and humane death for the sick one but the perfectly healthy one you're like no kill it oh, which that's... i don't know how tiktok i know nothing about how they kill animals maybe it's considered humane but i also <laughs> think it's weird it is a little weird i think that the uh medicine that goes into the meat too when it gets euthanized is like bad for mm-hmm. you if you try yeah. to eat it as well so there's got to yeah. be something there with like not being fair able enough to eat contaminated fair enough meat. <laughs> but still i i really like this point that humans are hypocrites because totally definitely are wow um, and then the last one i really liked which is a complete 180 from like the first point was that because we care more about animal suffering than human suffering which is sweet and not sweet at the same time. It's really sweet because, like, I do care about, like, my cat suffering (laughs) a lot. Yeah. It's also sad that we don't care about each other enough, but (laughs) I like the thought that we just, like, love animals so much and never want to see them suffer. We just really love animals. Yeah, they become, like, our family. They become, like, our best friends. Maybe it's something to do with the fact that they can't talk to and that they can't fend for themselves like yeah that changes the relationship because like you can talk to another human maybe you know a little bit about like their motivations maybe you could possibly feel like they are evil or something like that but with animals it's like you have to guess at their motivation for doing things like if your cat knocks over your lips your lip gloss you're not like it's because they hate me and they want to see me dead (laughs) yeah obviously (laughs) you have to guess that it's because they're just trying to play and -hmm. like they just want to have fun and like you have to assume pure intentions yeah exactly but with human beings like we know too much Mm -hmm. and we have learned people can be like it's because i hate you bitch (laughs) that's why i knocked your (laughs) lipstick off the table (laughs) Maybe it's good our animals can't talk to us. I know. Right? We're like, oh, so cute. And they're really just like plotting our Meanwhile, death. Meanwhile, they're like, damn, the detonator didn't go off. <laughs> they live another day. 
I thought this was their life source. I was wrong. I will continue and report back to you, Major Cat. <laughs> um, that's sweet. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. That's like the extent of my opinion. I just think that it's weird. I think that it's weird that we are really comfortable euthanizing our pets, but uncomfortable euthanizing humans who literally ask for it in the case of terminal illness. And I think we yeah. should allow physician-assisted suicide, and it should be more accessible to people. And maybe also euthanize pets less? I don't know about that. I don't know much about uh, veterinary things, but I was thinking about how, like, I literally don't know a single animal that hasn't died from euthanasia. Like, everyone I know that's had a pet that's died, it's been euthanized. Mm. Like, does anyone just, like, let life end <laughs> when um, it ends when it comes to pets i don't know i don't know because theoretically based on the human argument there should be enough painkillers <laughs> for them to live a comfortable life you know yeah that's true hmm that's Just interesting i think that there's some answers, sort so. of um detachment that we want to have from seeing a dead animal mm. and like going mm. up to it and shaking it and not having anything and then having to do something with the body is like so hard to think about when it's like a beloved yeah. pet like but with the that's other, one of my the alternative is, is up to watching and like your animal die <sighs> and like going to the vet knowing i know they're dying like i don't i don't understand how that's better i know it might I be it's not more humane but i don't maybe? understand how like cognitively it's better i almost think it's worse i almost like want to be surprised by my animal's death just because like i don't like the suspense and the anticipation of knowing that like oh only a week left like only a couple days left only a couple hours left like i feel like that would kill me like i'd almost just rather like you know i wake up one day and it's like oh no (laughs) but then you don't know how long they were suffering for too like Mm. if it was if it was natural causes like or if Mm -hmm. it wasn't natural causes that could mean that there was some sort of underlying issue that you didn't know about so maybe you could feel some guilt towards that or like i guess um i don't know something like that like my my cat when she passed away she was like really really sick and Mm -hmm. like she had like a brain tumor and like she Mm -hmm. like couldn't see like her pupils one pupil was super dilated and the other pupil was like super not dilated she couldn't hear she could barely walk like her hips were fucked up and like my parents were like i wasn't home at the time and they were like okay like this isn't a good quality of life anymore like we're gonna put mm-hmm. her down she realistically would have probably died in a week two weeks oh. maybe from natural yeah. causes but like i think in that situation they were just like we can't yeah just like sit around and like wait for it to ha- i don't know no and i feel I, like that was a good call i just like maybe we should make that call for some human well maybe humans should be able to make that call for themselves sometimes too yeah totally and again you can't stop like people it. from unaliving themselves if they really really have the will to if you really yeah literally if they so, can't get that physician signature you might you might not have any control over it anymore at yeah that point. yeah like, you might as well like help them do it in a peaceful way that they can have some control over it. I anyways there's like some sort of thing in place that like if you voice that you want physician assisted um suicide that you would be put on suicide watch and they would like take away your shoelaces and like make sure that there was no so. sharp objects around that you. That would be so sad if they did that. Instead of just giving somebody like a chance to have a yeah. dignified end of their life in the way of their choosing. Hmm. That sounds better. Just a question. Sounds better to me. 
Anyways, yeah. sorry about that super depressing podcast segment. <laughs> it's okay. I hope you guys made out made it out. Okay. Hope you're on the other side, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we can talk about um I have a little podcast. <laughs> so um what I'm gonna take you guys through is this like attachment styles thing that I've been seeing on TikTok. And I don't know, sometimes I see these TikToks and like if you're anything like me, you know, I see these TikToks about like these attachment theories and these different types of ways that a person can be in love and how they express that love and how they are in relationships. And I watch it for like 10 seconds and then I scroll past it because I get so bored or I'm lost in the jargon and I have no fucking idea what they're talking about. I'm scared. (laughs) sometimes there's things about yourself that you don't need to know (laughs) i think that that is a very real fear because that's partially why i scroll too i'm like i don't think that i need to know this at this time because sometimes i watch tiktoks and like i think about them for two days Mm -hmm. straight and like it just can't it won't get out of my head like i genuinely just discovered something about myself and i'm like exactly like i picked up new values from tiktok the other day like I have new values. You're like, now. I guess I care about this now. Yeah, literally. It's just so much. Add it so to the list. often. So I just scroll past it, right? Yeah, they, fair enough. And, and then they, or they say something about like, oh, check it out part two or check out this playlist. And they have an entire 18 videos about this one topic. And like, I can't be bothered. So I scroll past it. Mm-hmm. I'm content to be ignorant. I'm content to be bl- just like blissfully unaware, you know? So Until now. <laughs> until now. <laughs> as much as I am annoyed by this, it does mean that on some part annoyance equals interest Mm -hmm. so otherwise like right it wouldn't annoy me so much if i wasn't a little bit interested if you didn't feel some way about it it would mean nothing you care about literally mean nothing exactly on some level there's something going on that's like really turning my brain and if it's stuck in my head and if i feel the need to do an entire segment on it then you're gonna do an entire segment So if you didn't um, follow like the introduction of attachment styles when that became a thing on TikTok like me, and now you're just like lost in the sauce of seeing these different attachment style people talking about attachment styles and therapists and psychologists popping up on your For You page, telling you about how you need to live your life and what you're doing wrong and putting labels on everything. I love that. I'm going to try to lay it out for you. And then we (laughs) can... Reminds me of love languages. Yeah, yeah, it is. It does remind me of love languages too. And I actually wrote that in the kind of end portion where like it is a little bit like love languages. And then I hate to say it, but a little bit like horoscopes too. Because we just try to like put labels on stuff to just make sense of how human beings just don't really make sense. And you just can't know everything about anyone or even really about yourself. And so we fall back on these like ideas and these theories of that psychologists propose in order to try to make some sort of sense of what the <laughs> fuck is going on. And as a disclaimer, <laughs> um, two things. Come into this with like an open mind and we can decide later whether it works or not. And also, Courtney and I have never claimed to know anything and our opinions are formed solely based on feelings, <laughs> life experiences. Vibes. So vibes. Always the vibes. vibes. No, no facts. It's just vibes. No. No expertise. Have I ever said I was an expert? No. (laughs) (laughs) Experts in nothing, baby. Nothing. So, grain of salt, as always. Of no trades. Yeah. Grain of salt. 
Jack of no, Jack of no trades, dude. Master of none. Master of the universe, if you will. <laughs> so, let's get into it. There are three original attachment styles. Anxious, avoidant, and secure. And then there's another one, actually, that they didn't mention in this. But these were the three original ones. And now there's mm. one more because of progress called disorganized. So, oh, um, I know. Based on this one study done from the late, or sorry, done in 1958 by this man named John Bowlby. Um, mm. He studied 40 delinquent boys in juvenile detention. And okay. he tried to figure out how their crimes and how their delinquency was influenced by how they were treated by their mothers or caretakers when they were babies this is that opinion this is this this is the thing of like what you are missing as a child is now what you are looking for in a relationship is this is this that one um a little bit a little a little bit not completely but maybe a little bit okay cool maybe because I heard someone say that once, and I was like, that is more information than I ever need to know. <laughs> yeah, that's a little jarring. <laughs> that's a little bit much. Um, okay. They kind of anyway, state sorry. that, like, you might be replicating the relationship that you had mm. with your parents as a child. Like, this is oh, that okay, kind of so side a of it. Different. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little okay. bit different than, like, it's what you're searching for. However, like, we'll see. Because some of in the anxious uh, type, in the in the anxious and in the avoidant, it's both what you're searching for is mm. i don't know okay i'm getting lost in the sauce again. yeah sorry i just <laughs> i derailed that continue it's okay so he chose to study like how um the mothers were influenced the children and how the caretakers influenced the kids and how they might have ended up as like delinquents or whatever um mm-hmm. and he chose to ignore everything else about how they like got the there systematic any other social yeah. factors you know anything else just <laughs> completely it's your fault thrown out the window yeah it's the mother's fault <laughs> so they looked at um, pairs. I know, right? Classic. <laughs> they looked at pairs of mothers and babies and studied when a baby's stress was ignored, how it could lead to like fear of caretakers and fear of intimacy. They studied misattuned or inconsistent par- uh, parenting, which could lead to low self-esteem or clinginess. And that's known as the anxious attachment style. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. So don't worry if you didn't catch that. And in the years that's following, great. other psychologists added their own like hybrid categories and just like separated categories into children versus like adults and they have different names for the children ones and the adult ones but they fall under the same category i don't know why they made it so confusing (laughs) (laughs) um so you can have combinations you can have like different things but all in all i mean I mean, we'll see. There might only be one legit one out of all of these types of attachment styles, but we'll see. So, and it wasn't until actually 1987 when psychologists started using the attachment styles for relationships and for love instead of just Mm. using it for reasons for incarceration and unemployment, which is a good thing in my opinion <laughs> because there are so That's many such a jump though to incarceration to like, yeah it was this like is why you're in jail though. to like this is why yeah. you love your partner <laughs> <laughs> or this is why you don't love your partner you yeah know? i'm sure there was a lot of other stuff going on in the psychology realm like in the 80s that kind of led people to focus more on like love factors and like the mother and child relationship than just okay. focusing on fucking incarceration maybe someone realized that maybe it didn't have anything to do with how they were raised and it was just like a an amalgamation of social factors mm. <laughs> so 
I, in general, I think that using these attachment styles, like Bowley had a good starting point, but I don't mm. think that he probably should have used it for incarceration. And that maybe like this is where it was meant to end up because this kind of makes more sense to me yeah. than the other thing. So this idea mm. of placing the theory onto adult relationships was later put into a book um, in 2010. This book is Ooh. called Attached by Amir Levin and Rachel mm. Heller. That's pretty and recent. Super recent, right? And if you're interested mm. in this book, too bad because it's sold out. Thanks, TikTok. <laughs> really? Is there like yeah. e? Oops. Yeah, you can e-order it. You can pre-order it. But like, if you want to get like a like a copy, copy, or it's pretty difficult to you find. You can listen to this podcast, and I'll tell you everything you need to know, baby. For free. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> So let me take you through some theory, baby. So there are three <laughs> insecure attachment styles. Okay. Anxious, avoidant, mm-hmm. and disorganized. And then there is one secure attachment style, which okay. is in the articles. It is alluded that this is the one that we should all strive for, which okay. is called the secure attachment style. Okay. It's just called secure. <laughs> They're just secure. You're just Fair good. <laughs> Boring, so let's get okay. into anxious first. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this one is can also be called preoccupied attachment style. Mm-hmm. And in children, it's called the anxious ambivalent. As you can see, we're already throwing in some random words <laughs> that we probably didn't need. You could have just called it anxious across the board. But if you hear in TikToks, if you hear preoccupied, anxious, or anxious ambivalent, it's all the same thing. It's just whether okay. it's in kids or if it's in adults, and they will probably do a disclaimer on that anyway. So this can be caused by inconsistent responsiveness to a child's emotional needs. So this is by a caregiver, what a caregiver may do. And then later I'll tell you about how you may be able to recognize anxious avoidant or sorry, um, anxious ambivalent or preoccupied or anxious attachment style in your own life. So, Yay. <laughs> so um, it can also be caused by inconsistent responsiveness to a child's needs. It could be um, emotional distance by the caregiver, intrusiveness into the child's life, or caregivers who seek emotional closeness with their kids for their own benefit and for their oh, own yeah. like kind of loneliness or for their own emotional support, rather than focusing on the child and being there for when like the child needs it. So this mm-hmm. means that the kid could be receiving a lot of mixed signals growing up. So how to recognize it in adults is generally they may need in relationship constant reassurance that they are loved, worthy, and good enough. They may exhibit low self-esteem. Getting rejected could have like a huge impact on them. They blame themselves for being rejected, for feeling like they're not worthy of any love at all because they got rejected by one, one person. Strong fear of abandonment, intense jealousy, and mistrust of your partner and typically are incapable of being alone which Mm. is kind of interesting because Mm. they're just like yeah they're just kind of i guess what you were saying where they're kind of craving what they didn't really receive as children and they're just like like freaked out by the mixed signals they don't Mm -hmm. know whether it's going to be good or bad and they just are overall a little bit clingy not capable Mm. of being alone or on their own because of feelings of not being worthy of feelings of like feeling like they don't deserve love not true everybody deserves love and um there is a disclaimer on the website too that said anxious attachment style is not a mental disease or disorder 
but it can cause distress in your life. (laughs) And you also can and are capable of changing your attachment style through reflection, recognizing patterns, and being in a secure relationship. (laughs) Oh, yeah? They're like, just be in a secure relationship. And then also therapy, obviously. They're They're like, just find find love. What do you you mean? just get with a secure person. Just go out and and find love. (laughs) It's that easy. (laughs) So the next one is avoidant. Mm. Avoidant or dismissive in adults. And this is super confusing. Anxious avoidant in children. Not to be confused with anxious. (laughs) Anxious avoidant. It has the word avoidant in it. Therefore, it is attached to avoidant. Avoidant dismissive in adults. Ambivalent is anxious. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Oh, I follow so far. You remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the avoidance mm-hmm. can be caused by parents who are strict and emotionally distant. They do not tolerate expressions of feelings. They expect their child to be like independent and tough on their own. And they don't necessarily like neglect their kids. They're present, but they just like kind of back off when the kid seems to need any sort of emotional reassurance, any affection, like any like distant. support. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, mm-hmm. you got to deal with that on your own. <laughs> that's, that's not that's really on you. Dis- yeah, it's your own emotion. <laughs> <laughs> and so similar to the anxious attachment style, they the caregivers are often like unaware that they're doing this because yeah. they were raised like that too. So they're just kind of like putting that onto their kids. And it's just like this generational thing that keeps happening because people are like, I was raised like that and I was fine. And that's classic avoidant. (laughs) You're probably not fine. (laughs) Um, As adults, this is presented as um, independent, self-sufficient people. Mm -hmm. Someone uh, who has the avoidant personality or attachment style could be seen as a lone wolf at work. They do not really tolerate emotional or physical intimacy, and they might not be able to build healthy relationships. They also don't want to depend on anybody because they know that they aren't going to receive support. So they just don't even want to go there because they're pretty positive that no one's going to be able to give them that support. (laughs) And they're like, let's just not even try. They might be very social, easygoing, fun to be around. They might have a lot of friends or sexual partners, and they don't actually seem that alone. And they also have high self-esteem. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know, right? I'm oh, like, good hmm. for them. They're so independent, right? They're fine. They're doing yeah. fine, okay? They're literally fine. Don't bug um, them. They're fine. However, they avoid Uh-oh. strong displays of closeness or intimacy. And when things get serious, it may feel like you're hitting a wall with them um, and that the closeness mm. is like taken off the table, but it's because they don't know how. And it's because Aww. in their brains, they've turned off a switch that is just about like being emotionally there or like being able to able to even express your emotions because they were just like repressed i guess not really repressed but just turned off for like most of your life because you were like no one needs to fucking hear about this shit and you can they're like these are mine (laughs) nobody else's (laughs) so the next one Mm -hmm. is called disorganized disorganized or like this one already fearful avoidant this one is the one that you should not like. Oh, <laughs> no, I so. just did. Okay. <laughs> so it's stated as being the most difficult one to deal with. And okay. this one, yeah, this one is some serious business. It stems from physical, uh, verbal, or sexual abuse as a child, nice. childhood trauma, 
witnessing some sort of trauma in your childhood can also lead to this. And it's basically when your source of safety, so your caregivers, become your source of fear. Whoa. And the kid learns that, yeah, it's bad. And the kid learns that they can't trust their caregivers. So as adults, they'll have a hard time trusting people. Um, And this actually is kind of a doozy because it incorporates both (laughs) anxious and avoidant into one person, plus their own mix. Um, (laughs) A strong fear that people closest to them will hurt them. They avoid intimacy, but want relationships. Like they want to feel the love, but they feel like they need to avoid it. And this could cause them to like end relationships prematurely because they are positive that it's not going to work out because it never has worked out in their lives or anything like that. I know. So they're always experiencing like rejection, hurt and disappointment can lead to self-sabotage. Research also links this attachment style to borderline personality disorder, substance abuse and depression. So uh, you can see why they said that this is one of the more challenging um, attachment styles. Yeah, and in no my kidding. opinion, maybe the only yeah, legit well, one. <laughs> that actually makes sense. Yeah, like, it makes a lot I of think sense. There's like, um, you know how correlation isn't always caught. Co- no, what is it called? There's yeah, a word think- for it. I forget. I learned it in statistics, but it's when the um, it's not actually related to the thing that you think it's related to. It's related to something else that's also related to that thing. So I think that it's related to the sub the substance abuse is related to the childhood trauma, not yeah. to the attachment style. I totally agree. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're like, like these are related. Your attachment of, style and substance abuse like are you're related. Kind but of right, it's, but it it's more not falls that. under. It's the, Exactly. It's under a completely different umbrella. Mm-hmm. It's not under yeah. the attachment style umbrella. It's like it's the childhood trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So um some of the things that they recommended, um I'll take you <laughs> through them just therapy. in case this yes. is you. Literally therapy is one of them. Learning Good. to trust um <laughs> working okay. with the- <laughs> I'll get like, right on it. Like what the fuck? What do you mean? How? <laughs> Literally, they were just, just like, just do learn it. to trust if you can. Like, they're trust. like, I know this is easier said than done. It was like, yeah, it probably fucking is easier said than done. It's honestly insensitive. To put That's like the just don't be sad. Like, okay, great. Just trust someone and maybe it'll work out. <laughs> oh, my God. Why didn't I ever think of that? Duh. <laughs> just trust. And then obviously they said working with a therapist is highly recommended. Okay. They also have a workbook online for just oh, good. Price good, 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 good. $5.99. You can work through your trauma if you want to be independent. In a workbook. Nice. In a workbook. And this nice. literally like valid. Completely valid. <laughs> So the last one is secure <clears throat> attachment. And this is short stable because yeah. it is stable boys. Yeah, exactly. People don't want to talk about the stable people and how they got there. They just Boring. want to Boring. Yeah. You want the so drama. This is, I know, yeah. <laughs> so this is the most popular one. 66% of adults in the USA may have this one based on a study Aww. they did. That's why well, I said they good. might have it. Yeah, it's pretty solid. So basically the caretakers raised them so that the child feels safe, seen, and known comforted soothing reassurance valued feel supported and uh, wants to explore feel supported in exploring and mm. the caretakers are as predictable as possible and <laughs> be adults, boring parents just yeah, be boring literally <laughs> otherwise you'll fuck up your kid <laughs> in adults this can be seen as a self-contented social warm easy to connect with person able to create deep and meaningful relationships they have a positive self-view of themselves they have a positive self-view of others and a positive view of their childhood 
And uh, yeah, and then at the very end, they just said like, you don't need to match only one of these. Every single person is unique. A little disclaimer, <laughs> oh, just good, in case good. you feel like you fall into other categories. Yeah, everyone's don't worry. like, oh, no. <laughs> They're what like, oh, shit, I? I fall into two categories. They're like, don't worry, you can still use our bogus science. They're like, you can still buy the workbook. It's okay. <laughs> you can still take the five-minute we'll quiz. We'll still accept your payment. <laughs> um, it's also stated, actually, this I found a little bit funny, that the anxious and the avoidance are destined to attract each other because the Aww. avoidant, I know, right? The avoidant attracts the anxious because yeah. they confirm their beliefs of like unavailability and like emotional nice. like kind of distance and not being consistent. And they like... Um, find them oh and then in reverse the avoidance find like the anxious a little bit like annoying with their needs so that's perfect for the anxious because that's what they're used to (laughs) (laughs) oh good we love that we love that right they're like perfect perfect rejection perfect i found exactly what i'm looking for (laughs) not validated i chase that Mm. feeling (laughs) so back to tiktok a little bit now that we've kind of gone through that whole thingamajig um, I looked at this article on Gawker mm. and <laughs> this uh, person had some really interesting things to say. So mm. one of them is that they said kind of what I was thinking a little bit in kind of a funny way. And that basically people who were promoting the content on TikTok tend to be the people who self-diagnose as anxious attachment styles um because they were trying right because they're Mm. out here trying to find out and googling why their crush isn't texting them back and they can blame it on some psychological wound of being the avoidant personality uh, attachment style while the avoidant is just minding their business not worrying about having a dysfunction (laughs) And then the anxious. The avoidant seems actually pretty happy. Yeah, the avoidant is blissful, man. Like the yeah, avoidant I think the avoidant should just stay as they are. Yeah, they have high <laughs> self esteem. Yeah, straight vibing, lots of friends. Yeah, exactly. I think the only it downside of avoidant was that like they might struggle finding long term relationships. But like, if you're if you find if another avoidant, <laughs> and if you're content, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then you're totally you're fine friends. and you can fall into a lot of different categories too so that all of these things doesn't don't apply to one person yeah. it's like having a moon sign and a rising sign oh, it's no. like okay, if you, you don't me. relate <laughs> to your sun sign i'm just trying to make it universally applicable okay, to the yep, masses yep. and mm-hmm. the dominant culture here <laughs> <laughs> if you don't relate to your sun sign don't worry baby don't worry about there's it there's a reason we can explain that. that yeah we can explain it all away with another horoscope and then another horoscope and then another one it's kind of the same thing that's happening here they're like Fair enough. if you don't feel like you fit into this one or if a couple don't of them worry, don't match up to you you're in this one it's fine just fine just find a mishmash our science find isn't wrong habit. don't worry <laughs> our science isn't wrong <laughs> you're fine <laughs> we can explain that (laughs) um so um from Mm -hmm. like this example the um gawker article also was like um looking back onto this example where someone is like the the anxious is like googling like why isn't my crush texting me back like blah 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 blah. we might have subconsciously unconsciously in our minds gendered these two roles and they were talking about how interesting it might be that they're just 
promoting me too me too i was like so (laughs) taken aback by this article i was like oh you got me (laughs) (laughs) you got me (laughs) red-handed um and they were saying that it might kind of just be promoting like a heterosexual um (laughs) like kind of relationship you know the anxious is the frantic woman the avoidant is the ever uncaring man or it could be the other way around but it's basically just a way of describing the games that we play with each other to kind of like gender norms yeah and gender norms big time too to kind of like literally or it could just be also aside from gender it could just be like one person liking someone more than the other person likes them Hmm. so anxious is when like sometimes you get these feelings when you really really like someone and you just naturally like get anxious around them it's a fun feeling to have you know but if the other person doesn't like you as much then they could be acting avoidant not even at any like yeah maybe it's not like a psychological issue maybe it's just like life they just might they're just not that into you maybe these are like normal feelings to have (laughs) exactly exactly like yeah and it might be causing the other person to act even more anxious if you're the avoidant right yeah and also like if you're in a relationship and like your partner maybe needs like constant reassurance maybe that's not because they're the anxious detachment style but maybe it's because like you're not providing enough reassurance you know they have to question or like alternatively if your partner just finds you like really annoying (laughs) maybe you're being annoying i don't know i don't know like (laughs) maybe it's not we don't have to diagnose everyone it's like love languages right it's like exactly like not everyone has to have one yeah yeah it might be into a situation not a person that's exactly what i was about to say where it's like different and it could to change based on the relationship that you're in like mm-hmm. you don't have one attachment style because this is how your parents raised you but it's like if you're with another person who might yeah. who is cause like you this, to be anxious or you cause you to feel be like avoid- this then it's gonna change person to person Every psychology debunked <laughs> fuck your science <laughs> <laughs> like i can definitely I definitely know for a fact that I have been both the anxious and the avoidant in some yeah. of the relationships that I've had. And that it seems the way it normal. is. <laughs> like, it's not because it was raised a certain way, which, like, maybe I do fall into some of these little stereotypic, stereotypical anxious or avoidant kind of personality traits. I guess you could call them that. But, like, it's different for every relationship. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. Similar mm-hmm. to love languages. Similar mm-hmm. to horoscopes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just, like, <sighs> on another note, like, TikTok just why does this keep happening why does this keep happening why do we keep having to talk about this why do we keep having to bring this shit up why do you keep bringing your bogus science in sometimes we can just live life yeah live laugh love guys live laugh laugh, love love. please we don't have to explain it with a theory or yeah horoscope or language or attachment style or maybe he's just not that into you maybe he's just not that into you dude just to quote that movie Yep, I love it. (laughs) And like at the end of the day, maybe like these things probably don't mean anything except for disorganized. Definitely like disorganized. Yeah, but that's more less of the attachment style thing, more of the trauma. Yeah, like and it was an it was an add on to like by recent psychologists. Probably just like oh, just to make this legit <laughs> to make it feel, to make the person. other ones feel more legit yeah like oh, this might also if we sprinkle one in there one <laughs> that makes sense in there they all make sense <laughs> voila <laughs> beautiful Chef phd speaks. dissertation complete you graduate <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah it might not even mean anything it just probably is an attempt to just like 
explain the absurd you know explain our reality yeah it's unknowable will we ever know anything probably not all we know is money you're right that's a good point they're just really trying to go for the profits they're profiting off the anxious (laughs) they are they really are and honestly like i'm kind of glad that we like decided that to debunk this because that whole time that you were talking about like attachment styles i was just getting more and more anxious about the thought of like having a kid potentially Mm -hmm. and like how much you can fuck your kid up oh i know it's so fucked with like every little thing it's Mm -hmm. like if you do one thing they're anxious and then if you do the opposite of that they're avoidant and it's like yeah it's like which is right i know i feel so fucking bad for parents like and you know what i think i've heard this in a tv show or maybe in real life i don't remember um that parents will always fuck up their kids even if you try to be a good parent i think that's just being a good life, parent man. can still just like fuck up your kid <laughs> i think yeah yeah i don't think yeah. there's i don't think there's a way to be a perfect parent i think that yeah you i just... agree i think you just do the best that you can i mean i'm not a parent but <laughs> i think that you do the best that you can with the, what you uh, have and like your kid will everyone's see a little fucked up okay so yes. it's fine yes and you can just accept that and to end on a quote from this article yeah um the best we can all do is endure endure each other's grading tendencies with as much grace as we can muster even as they endure ours while urging our friends to refrain from acting too visibly insane (laughs) i like that last part it's nice right (laughs) i was like oh (laughs) so lovely so lovely so it's a nice way to end our off that is it. Uh, anyways. <laughs> anyways, for all of y'all that aren't on our Patreon, we just discovered some interesting things about ourselves. Yeah. Apparently, both Courtney and I have... Don't give it away. <laughs> Sorry. Don't give it away. <laughs> they have to go to the, pod- the, the Patreon. Needless to say, we're not the happy with the results. Out. But we can also relate to it. <laughs> yeah, we're not happy... But maybe it's because, because it's true. <laughs> There's truth in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I struggle anyways. to accept the truth. Anyways, Lydia, wrap her up. Wrap up the podcast. Yeah, let's do it. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, everybody. Thank you for listening to Courtney's opinion about euthanasia and how we should take a good hard look at that. And, um, you know, we're euthanizing animals. Why is it so difficult to euthanize humans? And thank you for listening to my um, opinion about the attachment styles (laughs) trend currently happening on TikTok. We'll see how well this episode ages, since as we know, TikTok is heavily trend oriented and like love languages i mean this will probably fizzle in about three months so (laughs) if you're here while it's hot let us know and you can reach us on our instagram at very.unimportant.people yeah that's our instagram you can (laughs) you can find us on tiktok too similar name you'll probably find us if you look for us so good luck out there and um you can also email us at haterscliccare at gmail.com and that's for if you are an artist and you want to be featured on the podcast then we can definitely talk about you give you a little shout out if you're canadian you know we love to support canadians and but also anywhere we love you americans too and like literally anywhere any continent any children all love here the world (laughs) we are the world (laughs) 
And you can find us on Twitter too at V Unimportant PPL. And that's all for us this week. Make sure you tune into next week's episode and check out our Patreon for our super fun and exclusive content. And you can find out what our attachment styles are. And you can take the quiz with us if you want to. Yeah. And you can find us um our Patreon on our Instagram, on our link tree. It's in our bio. And then just go to our Patreon and then pay the $4 and you'll get literally so much content. So, so much. it'll totally be like worth if, it. If Netflix, if you run out of content on Netflix, <laughs> sign up for the Patreon. You'll be yeah, entertained. It's so Full good. Months. I love the Patreon. <laughs> and yeah, we have like a year's worth of content on there at this point. So make sure you check it out. And yeah. that's all for us this week. Have a great... Bye. Have a great... Have a great...